0: Joe from Hailstorm, welcome back, man.
1: Hello.
2: So good to be back. So good to talk to you guys. It's been obviously far too
0: long. Far, far yeah. too long. Yep. Yeah. And you're 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 so close with the the Swedes, man. You're over here a lot. You know, you've got a bit of a a bit of a relationship over here with with us. You know, we're we miss you. Yeah, man. You you guys gave us our first gold record ever and and <laughs> it's
2: like this, it's like the OG awesome hailstorm spot. You know, I spent birthdays
0: there. I don't know. We've had a great time. We have had a great time. No. Absolutely. And, um, you're back with the new record, fifth, fifth studio record back from the dead. Yeah. Um, about- it, it's crazy. Right. It's, um, and we talked to Lizzie, the, uh, we talked to Lizzie earlier today. And, um, as we said, it's, it's, it's probably your best record. And your heaviest and most aggressive record, and um, and your playing is, is amazing on it. Oh, thanks, man. I, I appreciate
2: that. That's it's been so much fun getting feedback. You know, it's it's not it's uh well, it's out today, but the whole the whole uh, we 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 got it mastered in mid December because of the whole vinyl plant thing. Just to get albums out these days, you have to give like a five six month lead. Hold on, I'm about to cough my brains out (coughs) excuse me no but um but uh it's been a a trip leading up to this release talking to all these people and hearing about it and and hearing their feedback and i just i i've been enjoying it and it's it's surreal like it really is a release when it comes out and i'd forgotten about that how crazy of a feeling it is when you let go of it you know and it's not yours anymore and and I, it, I love it. It feels, it just feels good. It's like great. It's yours now. Whatever happens is going to happen, and this no longer, no longer belongs to us. You know. Well, during during the pandemic, I mean, were there were there days where you actually thought that you might never play live again, or or not play live the way you used to? You know, I didn't. It wasn't so much that for me. I had days like by the time we got to autumn, 2020, I had days where it was like, do I even like music anymore? Like what the hell's the point of, you know, like Lizzie and I were just busting our ass like every day in the basement, writing and writing and writing. And then, and there's like no plans to be in the studio and all our shows have pretty much been canceled. And we're like, what are we even doing here? Like, why, why do we care so much? Like why, what, what that, you know, like, Like, cause music, like fuels, music gives back so huge. And, and it was one of those things where you kind of, and I'm sure everyone went through it, you know, but you kind of stop and evaluate, like, why, why do I do this? Like, what's what I, I can do anything, you know, you can do anything you want in the world at this point because you can't do anything. So why am I doing this, you know, and, and why music and, like really had to kind of like talk myself off the ledge of just like, like, I mean, I, whatever. I was like, what else would you do? And there's nothing else I would do in the world. And and it really boils down to, I just want to like, I don't care if it's at the bar around the corner. I just want to play, you know, I want to play, I want to improvise on stage in front of people. And to me, like that is, that is the magic, you know, that's living, breathing music. There's I've never, it is the ultimate, like living in the present, you know, when you're on stage, whether it's improv, even just right performing for me, especially like improvising and there's no future, there's no past. There's this exact moment and you're talking with the only language that you can speak between these four or three other people. And, you know, you're in front of a crowd of people and you jump off the cliff and hope to fly, you know, and hope you land also <laughs> have a nice smooth landing and that's not always the case, but that's the fun of it. And that's why it's so exciting and and it's the ultimate living in the moment. And that like there's no better feeling in the world to So that's I mean, I don't I'm gonna do that till I die, whenever that may be, sooner or later, who knows? But like I don't care where it is, that's what I want to do. So that's what I'm gonna do. Duncan!
0: feel the the whole improvisation thing is something that you've really grown into because it's definitely something over the last two records um playing yeah playing live the last couple of records playing live you've really kind of grown into that
2: oh yeah it's you know we started kind of kind of introducing it a little bit like 10 years ago like we would extend the misery miss the misery and we still extend the shit out of that now just because it's so much fun and it's such a it's such a great progression to just, you know, go full freebird on, but, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, absolutely. We've grown more and more into it. We, we talk, we like when we got back together and started playing again and rehearsing for our first tour last August, um, you know, we spent a lot of time just discussing the ideas and concepts of improvised music and like how we could be better and how we can communicate better, you know, with our musical language and looking at it, you know, visual, looking at each other and, and the point of making these sort of moments and these crests and these, you know, this tension and this release and how do we do that? And listening to going on YouTube and listening to examples of bands that have done it in the past and like, Oh, that's cool. How they did that. You know, like, Oh, look how Zeppelin did this thing or, you know, even like going to some jazz records and hearing, hearing the weird places that you can take things in the breakdown or just sideways, you know, and we're still, I still feel like we're just beginning there. You know, it's not, we're just getting started on that. And we're not trying to be a jam band, you know, we're trying to play our songs and put on a good show and Mm -hmm. you can totally get lost in the sauce and go too far in one one direction. And that can get really boring and, you know, we're not trying to have a boring show, but how do you, how do you, do create those feelings and make people go woo you know the currency is woo and make people cheer and you get to the point you know noodle away for sure have some fun but but also get to the point and make a moment you know and that balance and we're still trying to find it and figure it out it's a it it may it's the journey you know
1: you say I need psychotherapy now you're making me mad Trying to fix me Oh, this is gonna get bad
0: about what about on tape do you is this album is there a little bit more improvisation because I, I actually learned today the the beatles um ringo and george harrison most of the time didn't know what they were playing when they walked into the studio they'd never heard the song so it's all uh, basically fresh interpretations and improvisations of what paul and john would bring in yeah did you watch that documentary i'll answer the question i'm, I'm way into the question but like that shit was
2: amazing. Get back. Yeah. I, I
0: haven't seen it yet, but I just listened to this really cool um Rick Rubin podcast and he was talking about it. Although, although the Beatles would do like 25 30 takes of a song, it was the fact cuz they they actually the other guys would walk into the studio and wouldn't have a clue what oh, they yeah. Had to plan. Yeah. Dude, you got to watch it cuz I man, it blew my mind cuz
2: they were so obviously, the Beatles are good, whatever. They were such a good band. Like, it was deadly. Like, like Ringo, like, it didn't matter. Like, they're sitting there just fucking around. Oh, you know, let's start playing something fucking around. Ringo just drops right in. And then plays the weirdest fucking Phil ever. You got, Dude, you, you, <laughs> got, and, like, you're like, what? <laughs> how how did that work? How does that even happen? And he was such a badass. And they all were. Fucking Paul. but just. Shredding that whole movie just shredding on the bass, like full on ripping. And then that voice would come out of them. You're like, what? And like half the half, like a bunch of the, the album cuts for 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 that were just from the roof performance. Them just up there playing live, and that's the cut. That's the one you hear, and you're like, Good lord, those boys, they were good. I mean, they were really and you always knew they were good, but you know, it's the Beatles, you don't know. No, you see them just playing, you're like, Holy, that is like a world class fucking band you know yeah crazy and so tasteful i don't know deadly i, so I think ringo
0: to- ringo gets the bad uh you know everyone's like oh yeah ringo you know but um he he was really you know he was he, he can say someone is underappreciated or or um whatever for someone in the beatles but i think it's i think it's ringo
2: oh absolutely yeah because oh he just you know you know paul played drums on that and Paul, they kicked him out and Paul just did the I always hear those rumors I don't know anything about that but like you watch that thing of those boys just being in a band together and they were awesome and Ringo like didn't matter what they were doing he could drop into a groove on it you know like in a sick groove too like nasty groove (laughs) like fucking laying back you know and yeah maybe he's doing it's a simple thing but like he just fell right in and led the way that you know it was it was cool. And the other thing with that documentary, I related so hard because that is the four of them and they have such a history and you don't know what the hell they're talking about half the time. Cause John is constantly just making references to, I don't know what, but like something that they all have discussed before. And maybe when they were kids in Hamburg, who knows he was, or TV shows they grew up watching together or radio show, you know, whatever it is. And they're, you know, they're just laughing and he's, like nobody can speak that language and it, and it reminds me of us the four of us like nobody knows our nobody knows our language together you know like we have things that make us laugh that it's just pure nonsense to anybody else and and that like i i just love that so much they are such a band band you know and whether they you know obviously they were going through emotional things but, but still that only they could be them you know and that i thought that was really special but regardless there was some improv type stuff honestly not as much there there's a funny story you know the song back from the dead like i did uh we got it we recorded it mixed it and mastered it and i had it on my phone the mastered version and one of the things i got into during the pandemic are the guy that owns our booking agency john Dittmar, lives in nashville and he was like joe i gotta set up." Alice Cooper's clubs that he gave me. Do you want to come and play golf with me? <laughs> we started to play golf. Cause it's outside. You didn't know anything about the virus. So we we're hanging out outside and seems safe. You know, I was like, sure, I'll come golf, you know, and I'm not half bad. I'm, you know, I'm no, uh, whatever. It's I go out there and have a good time with it and it's just fun. And there's a great little rock and roll golf scene going on in Nashville that I discovered. But, uh, but I showed I, him and Chuck from Alice Cooper because Chuck lives here too. Where we were golfing, and I showed him the Back from the Dead. I was like, "Check it out! We just got this, ma- you know, master." And I was playing it, and it got to the solo, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake." <laughs> like it's not like the solo was bad, but I did kind of improv it. You know, we were like, "All right, it's solo time," and I just kind of played through it and stuff, and and it was good. It was fine, and. When I showed it, when I showed it to my friends, you know, you hear something totally different that you create when you show it to a friend, you can listen to it a thousand times. You show it to somebody you're like oh! everything just stands out all of a sudden. And the solo that was there did not bring the song up. It like Lizzie was just ripping. Her voice comes out, oh, you know, she's just like laying waste. And then it comes to the solo and it's like, okay, that happened. Anyway, let's get back to her singing. I was like, oh man, I was like, I can't do that. Like, and I called Nick Rasculinix right away. I was like, dude, uh, I know everything's mixed and mastered. It hadn't been released yet. And I was like, I gotta gotta redo the solo, man. It's not good. He's like, it's fine. It's good. And I was like, it's fine, but that's not good enough, (laughs) you know? And I think I pissed off Chris Lord I think he yelled at me. He said, "Come on, man, get your fucking boy together. What the fuck's
1: going on?" You know? <laughs> like,
2: so I, I like had to have a diva moment. I was like, "I'm redoing it, man." And I was like, I'll, I'll, "It was like the weekend. I was like, i 'I'll come in Monday and just knock it out real quick.'" And and I spent the weekend and I worked it the fuck out, you know. And like had to like, I had to put thought behind it and really like I wanted it to be right, you know. And so I wrote it out and and hashed it out and made sure that it made sense with the music and the changes and honored the melody, you know, the melodic structure of the song while trying to get some shreddy bits in and having a few licks, you know, and, and it was important, you know, and I think it works. I'm, I'm proud of it and I'm happy with it.
0: That, that's a great solo, man. That, that, that yeah. is a really great solo on that. Great, track. Song. Oh, well, yeah, great song. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. So are it. you saying the whole, the whole album? was mastered or was it just that that one track? Just trailer? that song. This just was like that song was mixed in. Yep.
2: July we finished the song or June or whenever it was last summer because it came out in August. Yep. So yeah. So sometime in the early summer and uh you know, yeah, it was just that I I
0: wasn't having it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you, man, cuz you have got to live with that for, for No, eternity. totally.
2: Yeah, I don't I didn't and I I was embarrassed when I heard it. I was and it wasn't bad, but it didn't add anything. It was like noodling for it's like, man, I got to like, and that was the thing. Like you sat there with Nick and I just kept playing different takes of the solo. I'm like, oh, that was cool. I'm like, cool. And Nick, like, you know, he was down with it and it was fine. It was totally fine, but it wasn't good enough for me. Cool. know uh, who are the other rock and rollers that you're golfing with oh um like damon johnson
0: you know uh who used to be an alice's band too There's a lot of yeah. Alice characters around that's you know, a prerequisite right <laughs> to to being an alice's band it's a prerequisite yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh he we got with him a bunch and like patrick carney for the black keys he lives next to john so we've been out with him a bunch and um who else has come out uh I don't know. There's a bunch of guys in town in t- that golf. And there, there's a, there's a bunch that I haven't golfed with yet that the other guys golf with. And I haven't been out. I haven't been out in like nearly a year. We've been so busy. And they keep like, come on, Joe, you're coming out. They're stop, They're starting to stop. calling me. They're like not calling me anymore. Cause, cause I can't, I haven't been able, we've been so busy like rehearsing and doing press and doing all this stuff, getting this record together. Like, I just can't right now, man. But uh, maybe when we get back in June, I'll get out there again. But who, man, I'm like blanking on who we've all been golfing with. Like, uh, John goes, I haven't been out with Alice yet, which is annoying, but I will. He's like, no, and he comes out. Doesn't Vince Neal live in Nashville? Who's that? Vince Neal. Doesn't he live outside of Nashville? Apparently, but I don't know, yeah. Vince. <laughs> I don't know those crew boys. I've,
0: I've, I know I've met him a few times, but I don't, you know. <laughs> So um is there any other tracks that in the studio really stand out for you recording? Um I really can... I think
2: I think bombshell is the best sounding song on the record. Um I don't know what you know, sometimes I don't know if it was the humidity in the air that day. Uh, you know, who knows what was going on? Like, but it just to me that one like pops out when I listen to the record as a whole. Maybe it's just because of the intensity of the intro. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just prejudiced because I really like that song and it had a good time putting it together in the basement, you know, but, uh, but I, I, that one like pops out to me and it's, it's wide open. One of the, one of the things Lizzie and I talk, have talked a lot about over the years is how do you write like mute, like arena sized rock, you know? And it's like, it's really hard to not sit there and just want to go like, you know, like, like look what I can do. <laughs> See. <laughs> and, and to like simplify and just, and is I it doesn't do it just to say dumb it down, but to make it big and wide and something that will reverberate awesome in a, an arena, you know, and we're playing more and more of those these days. And which is amazing. And how do you make something sound like love bites? is great. And we love playing and it sounds fine. Like, you know, and you listen to that in a room like that, it's like, you know, it's just kind of anywhere. So how do you do like make this big rock? And bombshell was like one of the first, things where it like came together. were like, ew, 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 ew. you know, that's going to sound huge in a in a big place. And yeah. I'm a, we haven't played it in an arena yet. And we will. We will. And in, in a few in a few weeks here. And I can't wait to hear what that sounds like. And I, I think we got a few big ones on this record where it just simplify it and give the make the music, create the weight, you know,
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, so, was Bombshell one of one of the first recording or one of the first writing?
2: Um, it, it was in there with both. That was, you know, right when the pandemic started, there was like three or four months of Lizzie and I were just pumping out songs in the basement. She'd write, like, I'm up here, we got a little vocal setup up here where I'm at, and I'd be down in the basement with all our gear, and I was just doing tracks. And if I had a melodic what idea, whatever, add something. And, she was up here. She'd either take the tracks or she'd make her own and then send it down to me. And then we'd get together on them, you know, kind of working separately and together just whenever and wherever. And that was, a uh, that was the first song out of that initial run of like 10 or 15 songs that we put together that we're like, fuck yeah. You know, like she comes out blazing in the, in the verse, like, you know, just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I was like, Nailed it. And she, that was all hers. She just took the track I made and just, and grabbed it and took control of it, you know? And that's another funny concept we talked about the whole time was like some, sometimes you hear a band or you hear a song. We've done it a million times where the track is made first. And then the singer's singing on the track. And then there's songs where the sing, you know, as a singer, the track is backing you, you know, and you're leading the way. And and it's a it's just the tiniest little twist. But if you, you know, but when she like that was just something that we discussed, like, no, you got to th- if you get a track, think of it like you're leading it and and lead the thing. And, and it ended up being how we put the whole record together because she wrote a bunch of songs with Scott Stevens, our old buddy. And and um, that's why he's a co-producer on this album, because the, the vocal tracks that they created together, they're both such vocal nerds, you know? And like, she spent so much time up here with this vocal setup and she did so many collaborations throughout the pandemic and recorded it all here herself and put it all together. And so she's like totally tuned in on how exactly to match and how to, every little nuance of everything she's doing. And uh, so when she got with Scott, we just, they made demos and we just kept the vocals and we built the tracks around those killer vocals that they created together because they were so spot on. And it's like, you know, this doesn't need to be redone. Like, And a lot of it's amazing because it's like her first take something so she's really feeling, you know, lyrically where she's at or it, I don't know. It's It was a fun it was fun to do it that way for a bunch of these songs.
1: Burn every fear, every doubt like a funeral fire. Scream every desires take back the crown that hangs at the gate ready your march steady your aim for the heart is a soldier that never loses its way so raise your horns raise them high let them so while you still live every word Cause the pendulum swings but those who dare wait through flesh and through bones when nothing escapes so follow true north on the road that will lead you away and raise your horns raise them high Get them so
0: Also, giving
2: the circumstances, working on this album and and being such weird times, do you feel like do you feel like you evolved as songwriters? That you, I don't know, maybe pushed yourselves more on this album than you've done before, or oh, found yeah. things than, than you haven't done before. Oh, big time! I mean, the whole yeah. I mean, there's a full record worth of B-sides that we recorded with Nick that uh, I love, I love them all. They're all great. I mean, they're not all great. Some are good, which isn't good enough for me, but, um, but you know, like it was a lot of experimentation, especially, you know, having all that time at home, just sitting down in the basement, in the studio, you know, surrounded by your instruments, you're trying to find different ways to do things. And, and there wasn't a lot of new music coming out in 2020, <laughs> you know, some things, but like kind of had whatever. It was just trying to find inspiration in other places and just land on yourself and things you got around you and, or older albums. And, and yeah, we did a, we did a bunch of experimenting and, you know, we landed on a guitar sound for this record. That was just fun. It's so much fun doing guitars with Nick, you know, he's such a rock and roll dude and, like, he's got an amazing guitar collection at the studio and an amazing amp collection. And Lizzie and I brought, like, we have, like, between the two of us, 100 guitars, 100 some guitars, and we brought them all. And, like, he had them all out of the cases and they were everywhere. There's literally just guitars everywhere. And I brought about all my amps, my old Marshalls, and all my favorite pedals. And Nick's got a giant cabinet full of pedals. And it was just so much fun, like, landing on a tone. We ended up, we ended up doing, two amps at once. So there's my old or 71 Marshall with a tube screamer on it that filled up, you know, this this clarity, this attack. And then we do something like super gaining, like a Uberschall Bogner or a Friedman or a Diesel VH4, or a, like Damon Johnson's old Soldano from 1987 was in there a hundred, you know, just a killer. And there's just this amazing saturation and put them together with two, you know, cabinets in each different thing. And it was like such a monster sound. And we do that. And then we would take an even gainier amp and throw a, a pog on it with like a lower octave, you know. And, and it would just fill out this weight. And like a lot of these songs we're recording in dropped A, drop B, drop C. There's only a few drop D tunings on here. So adding that with a the, the lower octave pog on a super distorted amp, you know, just create it was a fun Guitar wall to build and something that still has some clarity, but you know, I don't know. It was a
0: trip. <laughs> nice. And where, where's where's Nick's studio? Um, it's in Nashville. Here, it's yeah,
2: it's, uh, it's it's like by it's on like uh, by Eighth Avenue South, in like kind of right right at the edge of Berry Hill, where all the studios are on there. Huh. Um, and he's in this old uh this old room it was built in the 70s it's killer of it's like Aerosmith did a bunch of recording Bon Jovi was there there's there's a bunch of like Bon Jovi shit carved into the sidewalk from when they were there and uh it's just a cool old room it's like wooden like big tall ceilings the, dru- the main rooms just, uh it sounds incredible with the drums he had mics like 30 feet up in the air you know and like getting these intense room sounds and just sound killer
0: could, could you see yourself recording with anyone else now? You've been with Nick for two records, two two studio albums. Um, I, I mean, Nick is like a, he's like a, he's like a part of the band. Um,
2: I don't know. I mean, I'll work with Nick always, you know, he's just one of yeah. the great dudes of all time. You know, he's like a brother from another mother, We, you know, I, yeah. Who knows? That's a discussion that we all would have to have, but I love working with Nick. I could, you know, maybe we got to switch it all up and shake, roll the dice and see what happens. Yeah. But I don't know. We don't have to think about that right now. We're just,
0: <laughs> I don't want to think about that right now. Like, no. It's hard I, I, think to Lizzie, to I think Lizzie said that he he's pretty intense. He's right up in your face when you're playing. And uh, oh, hell yeah. I think, I think she was saying at one stage you had a, a drumstick and he's kind of, you know,
2: no, that's what he does with drummers. He's sitting there with the drumstick and he's right in front of him And they're doing the song. <laughs> I mean, he's such a drum guy. To you know, he produced Rush. And Fufa, he's like worked with the greatest drummers of all time. And I mean, Neil Neil gave him a kit, you know, which is what we used on the record. It was a combo of the I think it was the kick drum that Dave Grohl used on that Queens and Stone Age record he played on, and the, the you know Nick helped make, and then a bunch of um, Neil's Neil's shells and. And then, you know whatever there's a whole collection of different snares depending on the song but but it was yeah it was like a it was like a all-star drum kit <laughs> it was fucking awesome it sounded incredible
1: <laughs> i'm not your servant i'm not your slave i may be good at trouble Show me wait, sure.
2: I like Nick it's got to be you know when you have such a tight relationship it's got to be so much more than just being a a great and killer producer I mean it's there's got to be the personal chemistry as well right oh yeah yeah no I mean we're like we're like I said we're brothers from other mothers man you know like we have the same sort of ideas about music and like just pure love you know Every you know, we get in every day, and Nick would put a record on as we we're like walking in. Like he loves Rat. His favorite band of all time, without a doubt, is Rat. And awesome. so, always, which is so funny to me. And he just loves Rat, like loves Rat. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not, like usually there's maybe some Rat on. He's like, yeah, check it out. Know this part? And he like knows every note of every part of <laughs> like, those records. It's so funny. And like you know, he grew up in the in the '80s, so. And I, like I'm not like I grew up in the 90s that was my music you know and so it was never like I'm still discovering shit about 80s rock that I am finding fascinating and awesome but I, it's, not where, it's not like my go-to you know so he's always putting on this or you know like, whatever he's like have you heard this <laughs> what was he what did he he was like oh one day he walked in like my, my crew's first record was on which I had never dug into because I just haven't and not for any other reason other than I haven't. And he's like, no, check you stop. This is why this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. That's great. <laughs> so you know, no, we totally we get along. Like we almost went and had Easter dinner with him, but we were too busy getting these songs together for rehearsal. And I was like, dude, I'm not comfortable. There's way too much to do. Like we got he's like, All right, fine, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, we're just buddies. And he's able to have like Serious talks with us. You know, he's when he's got his time to put producer hat on, he'd sit there and be like, All right, guys, this isn't working. And this is why. And you got, you know, I remember the first time that him and I had our discussion when I was working on a solo and it wasn't happening. <laughs> and uh, he's like, All right, dude, here we go. Time to have the talk. Here we go. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I haven't worked it out yet. And he's like, Well, you got to work it out. I was like, All right, give me a I'll do it. I'll bring it in tomorrow, you know. And he's willing to have the, obviously, you have to be willing to have those sort of talks. They're important. You got to stay communicating, you know.
1: kills the love dies but don't sweat it maybe in the next life you'll be perfect you'll be flawless
0: we kind of got to wrap it up I'm just going to throw this last question out could you ever go like Hailstorm's always out on the road you know you guys are always out on the road and then straight in the studio um, but the, the whole time off the last couple of years has kind of given you a little bit more space and maybe more time to write do you do you like that style of writing better where you instead of going straight from the road back into the studio um, oh I know what you're saying uh,
2: you know when it comes to writing i I don't care where or how it gets done you know it's just it's about chasing what excites you and is something exciting happening here? Let's do it, you know, and if not, let's figure out a different way and you know it's there's i don't I don't know if I have a preferred thing i i've I've really come to love like writing for writing solos I've really come to love like putting it together kind of on my own, you know like just sitting there and really giving myself time and not feeling pressure um it's pressure that i put on myself like like i was working with nick on some of these solos and it just was not happening and and the whole time i feel terrible because i feel like i'm wasting everyone's time you know and then so i get all in my head and then nothing is working and i have like zero his clothes off and when i you know like back from the dead and steeple and a bunch of these solos i just sit in the basement and you know have zero idea where I'm going with it and just start playing and it just starts to form itself and allow myself to just freely like whatever the fuck. And no, you know, a lot of it is just writing it in your head because your fingers are stupid and they're just dumb fingers. <laughs> like you got to sit there and think it out, you know, and like, no, I want to do like, and I want to like cascade this thing, like in the steeple solo. And I was like, how the fuck do I play that? And I'm like, oh, okay, that's not, I can't play it clean right now, but that's not that bad. <laughs> like. I fucking suck at it, but I just have to practice. But, uh, but, yeah, in, in general, like, or even writing songs. Lizzie and I just did a write with this girl over Zoom. She has to write with us, and, and she's awesome. And Lizzie had collaborated with her before, but it was just three of us. And it was so much fun. It was like two or three hours. We knocked out this killer song, and uh, it was a blast. So, whatever whether we're all sitting in the studio jamming together like which we did most of vicious just the four of us in a room or this one where a lot of it you know lizzie and i put together ahead of time or lizzie and scott really most of the record they kind of hashed it out you know and then then we built it and uh i don't care it's it's all good it's all fun how's it sound in the end you know like that's what we're going for
0: good to see it, man i'll talk to you soon yeah love you guys thank you so much take care see you buddy bye Bye!